My name is Olga Murphy. I live in Moiros in Limerick and I'm a Hungarian refugee. I came to this country in 1956. Could I be bold to ask you your age? Oh, 76. So you came here in 56. What age were you? 17. And why did you leave Hungary? Because I was involved in the revolution, in the 1956 uprising, and I had to leave the country because uh, they were looking for me for two years, the police, because I was supposed to have shot the uh, chief of police. So... Sorry, did you? I don't know. I know I had a gun and I was shooting, but, I mean, you don't know who you really... You know, when the bullets are flying, you just... You were very young to get involved, weren't yeah. you? Yeah. Well, I, I tell you the reason I got involved, because um, I was in college. I was trying to get home. And there was no trains. I had to get the train to go home, to get home from uh, college. And the trains were stopped, so I was stuck in Hungary. And I was trying to walk as much as I could. And I was just walking on one of the footpaths. And there was a little child, four or five years of age. And uh, he he seemed to have got separated from the mother. And he was running across the street, shouting, Mommy, Mommy. And the Russian soldier put the bullets into him from top to toe. The machine gunned him down. And that's what got me into it when I saw that. As part of a refugee programme, you ended up in County Clare in 1956. Yes, because we all had to go into Austria because uh, Tito was... Anybody who who happened to go into Yugoslavia, um, Tito would throw them back. So everybody had to go to Austria. And they were so overloaded with refugees at that stage that they couldn't cope. I mean, Austria is only a small little country. They couldn't cope. So they asked other countries within Europe to take us for six years, uh, six, sorry, six month period. So that's the six months of my life. It's the longest six months. I'm still here since the Irish Red Cross came too. And uh, some of the army. And uh, 500 of us came here to Ireland for six months. So then I got married in 1959. So here I am. Conditions of the camp. You were housed in a former army camp, which today That's... is actually used as a as a oh they're gone as a centre. The barracks are gone. They were army barracks. They were um, they were uh, the training for the army. You know, they were just a shooting range and all there. You know. And, Conditions weren't great. Well, the conditions were terrible because they were only just a, just a single plank, you know, hammered on to, uh, to balls, you know, and it was very cold in the winter. So eventually what they did, they got the hardboard and they, they insulated it so much, you know, but it was still, you know, it was very cold out there during the winter. How did the local population react to you? Milik is a fairly small community. It is, but you know something... I love the Limerick people because they never, they never made me feel that I was an outsider, a foreigner or unwelcome. I was always, anywhere I went in Limerick, I was always welcome, you know. And I love the Irish people, you know. I love the, the Limerick people especially for it, you know. And you stayed and you got married and you're still here. You're one of the few who stayed, I think. Well, some, some went back to Hungary. In 1957, then around April, because that time the Hungarian government said if they go back, they'll have an amnesty, nothing will happen to them. Although some people went back and 
they didn't get into trouble as such with the law, but they were discriminated in a subtle kind of way, you know, with working, you know, the working place and these things. But uh, then some went to Canada, Australia, America, some went over to England. And the majority of us stayed in Nakhlishim for two years. And then eventually they were housed. They went to Dublin. Some went to Dublin. Some people went to Yall, County Cork. And I'm still here. So I'm the last one of them left alive now. So when I'm gone, they'll be all gone. Any advice you'd have for the people who are coming here? Like, what are the things, what are the lessons they could have learned from your experience? Well, the only lesson they could learn is patience. They must have patience. Because, I mean, we were here under much worse conditions than they will be here now. You know, because they'll be housed reasonably good accommodations now compared to what we had. And just patience. Because, you know, you can't achieve everything in a, all of a sudden. Because see, I feel now, these, you know, the Syrian people now, they're coming in, and they're, they're so impatient to get to, to a certain place. They really think that, that they'll be housed and be able to get a job straight away when they come in, you know. So th- that's the only advice I could give. Just, just take your time and just be grateful for what you got. Because the way we felt... Now, from Austria, when we were coming, we were VIPs everywhere. The train, the planes, the boat from Austin to Dover, VIPs. When we were brought out here in the middle of the night by buses from Shannon and into the mud, we were, I'm not telling you a word of lie. And it was very bad conditions, you know. Some people would say that we haven't learned from that because we've had big problems with direct provision and with the conditions and people spending seven, eight, nine, ten years in centres. Yeah, well, you see, it's not easy. I mean, remember that Ireland is only a small country. I mean, Endokan is saying that, that they will take in 4,000. And I wonder, how will they cope? How will they cope? Because when we came here now, it was the Red Cross who collected uh, clothes for us. But they collected the food... They, you know, the Red Cross. And whoever gave us a few shillings a week that time, pocket money, you know. But we were only 500. It's, it's obviously interesting talking to you as a Hungarian person, given Hungary's stance at the moment in Europe. And it's, yeah, yeah. a lot of people have been critical of it. Well, what do you think about your... About what? what no, about, about the way Hungary have rea- responded to the crisis by closing their borders, by being very strong against not allowing refugees in. Well, you see, the thing is, they can, they, the way I think they look at it is they just can't take in more than they can cope with. You know, I mean, Germany is closing the, the borders and Austria is... Because it's an exodus now. You know, they just can't cope. You know, they can't cope with that. Mm. You know, and sometimes I think, really, it's as sad as it is sometimes, I think that those who die are the lucky ones. You know, as my heart goes out, I know what a refugee feels. I know what it is to be a refugee. But sometimes, you know, under the conditions, now sometimes they, I think they are the luckier, the lucky ones who pass away. If you had stayed in Hungary, what would have happened? I would have been shot or hanged. Because they were looking for me for two years. And the police were looking for me. My mother was sending me the newspaper cutting and the letter. 
Did you see your mother again? I did, yes. Mm. I had her out here in 1964 then for um, a year. And then I went home three or four times. I was home myself for a holiday. I know. I knew when I got into the revolution that I could be shot. You know, I mean, I was, you know, that was one thing, but I wasn't going to give them the satisfaction to put me up against that wall and shoot me. No way. No way. Because if I had to do the same again, I would do it all over again. Even now at my age, I would do it. I wouldn't like to come up against you. <laughs> <laughs>